Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for another interview. We are so excited today to be able to bring you today's guest. A guest who appears on a show that we are yet to start covering, but are very close to covering. You are going to hear our great new coverage of 24 very, very soon. We are going over every single episode from season one all the way through to Legacy. And we are covering that over what is probably going to take us a a few years. But our guest today appears in what I like to refer to as the ninth season, because it is the ninth season. Otherwise, people know it as 24 Live Another Day, Mr. Ross McCall. Now, Ross played Ron Clark on that season, who was an advisor to President James Heller. And Ross goes into detail here about how he even got the role, uh, his time on the set, sharing a very fun story about Kiva Sutherland and going into detail about some other exciting things that have happened to him in his life. This is a very fun interview and one that I know everybody is going to enjoy. So I'm going to shut up and I'm going to hand over to myself as I introduce the one, the only, Mr. Ross McCall. Massive pleasure to welcome our next guest here to the Oz Network. You might know him from such shows as Band of Brothers, White Collar, Crash, even The Bill, a show which I feel needs to be mentioned more on this podcast, The Bill. But we're here today to talk to him mainly about his time on 24, more precisely 24 Live Another Day. I like to refer to that as season nine. Some people like to refer to that as something a little bit on the side after the general run of 24, but let's be honest, it was the ninth season. I am, of course, speaking of the one, the only, Mr. Ross McCall. Ross, welcome to the Oz Network. I want to go back and talk about The Bill. Can we? I haven't heard about that show in forever, but that is like that is like a mark of I don't know something to all UK actors. Absolutely, like, I guess I guess where you're from, you have like a, you know neighbors and, and home and away, right? Yep. And yep. the actors have to every actor's in that show. We, we we play that bingo whenever we discover that an actor in a movie or a show we're covering is Australian. The first thing you do is jump onto IMDb. Were they in Home and Away or Neighbors? That's that's, that's what you always cool. find it. Yeah. Of course. And of course, being, being in, in Britain, when I was a youngster, those were the two shows that I would, you know, watch as soon as I got home from school. So I yeah. grew up on real shows. Which which I'm guessing, I mean, were you, I don't want to kind of uh, put your age out there too much, Ross. I don't 45. know what age you started. But were, were you watching like Kylie Minogue era Neighbours or was that a little bit too young for you? Ky- no, Kylie was definitely in the, in the, uh, in the zeitgeist right. at that point. So, so early, early days for me would have been Kylie and Jason, for sure. 
But I remember days. Chris Hemsworth home and away. See, I was sort of around that period. And then when he you became a thing late. overnight. Yeah. You yeah. My sort of growing up period with those guys would have been like Guy Pierce. Mm-hmm. Yep. He, yep. he was definitely showing up at some point. And I'm just trying to think who the who the big guys were in in neighbors. You would have probably had Jason Donovan, Craig McLaughlin. I think Russell Crowe was around that period. Russell Crowe a little bit. Yeah, McLaughlin and Donovan were early. That was yeah. that was that was me putting my my feet in. So I that you know, I was still young at that point. But definitely, it's, you know. It's you a know. big deal. And it's actually funny. I think neighbors and home and away still are bigger in the UK than they are ultimately in Australia. They've always kind of stuck that out. But yeah, the I, bill, I like think, that's something people I think need the bill to watch. I think the bill is bigger in your office than it is in the UK. Oh, seriously. Know. That was you talked about coming home and watching that from school. I think I used to watch the bill. Um My you friend, know. just click on a cable channel. It's on twenty four seven. Like you can go back to the eighties and watch the, the reruns, you know? The the Bill Network coming soon as a as a spin off. But uh, I mean we're here to talk mainly about your time on twenty four and it's interesting because, you know, we're covering the the entire series going right back from the very beginning, right through to the, the spin-off legacy. We're gonna be a while till we get to to live another day. But it could have been I must imagine it was an interesting when you get that opportunity to appear on a show like that. It it had been a huge deal for plenty of years, sort of went off the air and then it comes back in this uh reboot or whatever you want to call it. I mean, do you remember sort of getting that that opportunity, that first point of call when they were said like, hey, we want you to try out for this uh role on twenty four live another yeah, day? Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean to 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 be honest, the first season of Twenty Four, I was a massive fan of, and it was just after Banner Brothers, like a year or a year or so later, like when the, I think the first season came out, you know, maybe a year or two after we we'd finished Band, because I remember watching uh, the first season and been blown away by it. Like TV, I was like, oh my god, TV's changing now. This is really interesting. It's hip. It's you know, um, and so I was a big fan of the first season, and then. I, I hate to admit this to someone like your good self, but I then stopped watching it just because life took over. And I, I think I moved to America around about that point anyway. Um, and so I, I never caught up with it again. And over the years, I would bump into Kiefer at various events, um, but we didn't really ever socialize. It was more sort of, you know, a, a quick intro and we'd both <laughs> say hi. So that was it. Um, and then, yeah, my first phone call was um, John Kassar, who was the uh, the lead director on season nine. We did call it season nine, just Good. FYI. I'm glad. Funny. Um, had, uh, John and I had known each other for a while. He did a show called The Kennedys, mm-hmm. um, where he was a big Banner Brothers fan, actually. And um, he called me in to go meet him and his creative partner on the Kennedys, um, who was also one of the original Joel, uh, one of the original creators. Joel Cernel? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. of 24. So I had to go and sit with both those guys for the Kennedys, and I got very, very close to playing Bobby Kennedy wow. in, the, uh, in, in their show. Uh, and it sort of boiled down to uh, bureaucracy because it was shot in Canada, and there's, there's a rule that whatever country you shoot in, there are certain... Um, certain cast members have to be from that co- country and also certain crew members. So if your director's Canadian, you can sort of offset and bring in an American or a Brit in some other capacity and vice versa. Um, and somebody else was attached to play Jackie at that point where they were considering me for Bobby. And then that lady who shall remain nameless, 
uh, <laughs> eventually went elsewhere. Katie came in, took that American spot, and so the Canadian spot opened up for Bobby. So a little uh, bit of bureaucracy inside wow. there for you. Interesting. Uh, but Barry Pepper, who's an insane, insane actor, who you know many would know from Seven Private Ryan, actually is a sniper. Uh, he uh, he beautifully took that spot of Bobby and uh, ran away with it, which was great. But my point is, is through that whole process of going back and back and back and uh, meeting John uh, and Joel, uh, they were very kind in the, in the fact that I, I think, you know, John just remembered me um, and, and kept me in mind. And so he called out of the blue. I was in LA uh, in my house in LA. And it was just one of those things where I got an email from him saying, Hey, are you available? There's this role. Um, he pitched me the role. And if you've seen the show, I mean, you know, I, I loved my time on the show, but I was there a lot and didn't really do much. If we're all honest, you know, I would sort of pop <laughs> oh, goodness in. Suit. You helped the president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, look you know, things. I'd pop in and say, somebody's on the phone, Mr. President. You know, I mean, I was very much a guy, like, don't touch the button, Mr. President, you know? Uh, so I, I was always there, uh, but John, bless his heart, you know, pitched it in such a beautiful way. He said, look, there's two, there's three storylines. You got Bauer's storyline, you got the presidential storyline, and you got the terrorist storyline. You're part of four people in the presidential storyline. I was like, sounds amazing. He said, can you, would you come to London? Would you come back and, and, and do it. And I said, absolutely. Um, then uh, it all went quiet for a little bit. Um, and again, bureaucracy takes over. You know, I think some people were going, why do we have to fly McCall first class from LA, put him up <laughs> and pay him his deal when we can get some Brit to put on an accent who's over here. And uh, that just goes to show you the, 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 the power, I guess, of, of friendship. You know, um, John kind of stuck his heels in and said, nope, I want Ross and make it happen. And they did. Great. So, um, uh, but they, 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 they drew it out for, for a couple of weeks there. And I think it was like two days before I was due to fly that they called and went, we need you on set on Sunday. <laughs> wow. Uh, and I said, well, you're going to get a very jet lagged Ross. This is, this will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> that adds to the character, maybe. That maybe that's what they yeah, were going for. He's sure. tired. He works for President Heller. Come of on. Course. And what was what was great about it was the day I, I landed on the Saturday, I think, and uh, like flew out on the Friday, landed on the Saturday, costume Saturday, which was wonderful. I mean, you know, welcome to London. They they pick you up at the airport. Driver took me straight to Savile Row, which is a very famous suit making area of London. Um, and they took us in and, and I got fitted up in my suit, which was one suit because 24, we all know that, you know, it takes place over the course of a day. So you don't mm -hmm. have many costumes, but they fitted me, you know, for three identical suits, um, all tailor made the same place as the princes get their, their suits made. So it was very fancy from day one. I was like, Oh, this is good. Nice. Um, and I showed up and I had a bunch of dialogue and I'm like, Oh, this is going to be so tough because. I'm jet lagged. And I was so grateful that they said, no, we're only going to shoot the first part of this scene. Then when you turn the corner, we'll cut and we'll shoot that, you know, in three weeks time. So it's just the opening and, and the ending. And I was like, this is great. So, <laughs> that was a long winded story, but that was my, my no, foray. 
Love. That's what we want to hear. We need to we need to learn all these details. Was it you mentioned that moment about the Kennedys about kind of the I guess the quota you would say is that a similar thing in in the UK industry when they're filming something in the UK you have to have a certain amount yeah. of Brits and, yeah, and that helped yeah, you I guess get that role too. Yeah, for uh, for twenty four, sure. That it, it sort of having that UK passport was helpful. Um, what wasn't helpful was my green card and my living situation mm. which was the other side of the world you know <laughs> so that first so, class so, ticket all that kind of stuff did, did was that was that a case if they had have said to like oh no maybe we'll get someone from the bill you would have been like no no i'll go economy or are you are you first class all the way ross you know what listen i i just i i think it's it's a case by case situation you yeah. know there are times look i've done some some jobs that I should never have done creatively. <laughs> you know, you look at my resume, there's some movies that should never see the light of day. I feel like I'm going to um, quiz you on these soon at some point. Oh, I'll look through can. here. The Borrowers and TV miniseries. Hey, um, don't the Borrowers. That was genius. That was with Ian Holm. My amazing. Summer with Dez. Um, oh, that was another BBC. <laughs> no, I think even later. I mean, it gets embarrassing. I mean, there's times when, you know, after working with Spielberg, I'd get a phone call going, hey, come and, you know, make this action movie in Brazil. And all I would hear is, Brazil. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, go to Brazil. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you get there and you think, oh shit, the Spielberg to Brazil. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, sure. you know, I mean, but I, I always weigh up the pros and cons. I got there and went, hey, I'm working three days a week for five weeks and I'm in this beautiful hotel overlooking the ocean. I get a nice suntan and, you know, a jolly up. So, you know, yeah. there was champagne problems. Put it it works. Yeah, definitely that way. Did you, having not watched the show since season one and given that your character is not exactly, you know, someone who I guess is is connected much to what happened prior to, to season yeah. nine. I mean, Heller obviously was a, a character prior to, to season nine being the secretary of defense but do you go back and watch anything to try and catch up sure sure yeah you go back and listen a little bit of research never never harms anyone you know and we all take it seriously so you have to what's the best place to research is the show that you're about to do um you know as well as all the political research i did uh going back and and looking who my president-elect was going to be you know which is always exciting and uh you know bill became my confidant in that movie in that show um you know we were best pals it was uh it was great i mean a lot of my fondest memories are actually with him just uh after work you know we'd go watch football together and we'd eat together most evenings and um you know carried on our friendship back to la as well which was great great um but uh but yeah going back and just you know getting a flavor for what the show is and knowing that you know there's there's a lot of long takes. There's a lot of moving cameras. So, you know, you got to be on your toes, you know, mm. you, you know, you got to, um, you don't want to be the guy that 15 other people have spoken and said their line. And then you're the one that fluffs it. You know, <laughs> you, you want to make sure that you, you, uh, can compete with everybody else. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, a little bit of research and watching the show back. And then of course, you know, I have my own, my own vibe of what I wanted Ron Clark to be. And so I, I went down my own little rabbit hole trying to figure that out. Which I believe your character didn't get a last name until a press release, but were you aware that your last name was Clark when you got the scripts or were you always just Ron? Cause I think you only get referred to as Ron in the show from. Memory. Yeah, no, it was Ron Clark from the beginning. Yeah. From the beginning, they, they, they had the whole, the whole thing set up, but you know, scripts and stuff, it would, uh, I think it was Ron Clark in the script as well. But right. as far as, show goes yeah nobody says anything 
it's a it's a quite a famous name in Australia, Ron Clark. I don't know if you did your research over the name Ron Clark, but uh, he was a quite a prominent uh, ten thousand meter runner, and he actually lit the uh, cauldron at the nineteen fifty six Summer Olympics in Melbourne. That's so. what I based him on. I, I thought you might have, on yeah. The, on the runner, I don't know if you saw me licking the telephone often. Well, that yes. Wasn't like a weird character <laughs> thing. That was like, hey, if I'm playing Ron Clark, I take this seriously. <laughs> this is what he would have done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's you why know? I was running in every scene. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, people thought you were being Tom Cruise. You weren't. You were really getting into the character. You're like, Ron Clark, I will only right. play him this way. And this is how he would do Listen, it. Listen, guys. You want to make me be Ron Clark? I will be Ron Clark. This is how. <laughs> Ross, we need you to be American. What's the? Why are you doing the weird Australian accent? <laughs> What's well, Ron Clark? You know, you, I'm I'm a tribute to my fans out in Australia, down under. I love them. They're so they love the bill. They love me on the bill. So they're going to watch me on this, and this therefore, yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna come full circle. How, I mean, how do you get into the role of a presidential advisor? Like you nearly played a Kennedy, which I mean, yeah. maybe slightly more prominent than just a presidential advisor. But I mean, I guess, I mean, do you research other presidential advice? I mean, it's a weird question, do but I feel like there's something you've got to get into the role for. it. Well, you know what? A little. I mean, uh, with uh, with Bobby Kennedy, it was it was all, you know, books and documentaries. I mean, I, I went nuts and, you know, bought every book I could find on the Kennedys or anything that was, you know, relating to Bobby in any way. Um and documentaries, but also I, I rely heavily on, on not previous performances, but, but, but previous films, you know? Um, and so for this, you know, I would look at, uh, the American president, you know, Michael J. Fox was, was playing like the advisor there, which I loved. And, um, you know, I would sort of just delve into that world, but it's, it's not necessarily about the title of the character I'm playing. It's more about the world. Hmm. So for me, if I can't find, you know, any uh, presidential advisors, because, you know, I mean, you could probably find three, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, I just rely more on on political savviness, you know, and um, go for it that I, way. Yeah. yeah, which it also must be interesting in the world of 24 because we, we know often with how things can develop across a day or half a day in the case of uh, Live Another Day that uh, not often anyone will always survive and even the presidential you know cabinet and, and advisors are often uh, up to uh, some things that they may find themselves you know in trouble and also even they might be evil. Now, do you kind of get that script and hope that you're going to be evil? Are you told that, hey, there's going to be a mole in the in the cabinet? It could be you. Like, just keep your I'll eyes tell out. You, I'll tell you a little insider secret that maybe, maybe I might get shut down for. Okay. Those powers that be at 24 might come after me <laughs> and put me in 24 jail. Tune out right uh, now, Joel. How everyone just right now. Kiefer, stop Joel, listening. Go do something else. Listen, all you guys, I love you. Respect you. It's time the people know. <laughs> um, virtually every episode for me now so I don't know about previous seasons and I also don't know about previous characters for me I can only talk about for me every episode I would have to do a shot where I would give two reactions and one is a sneaky reaction of looking down and then looking up when they're looking away <laughs> and then one that's very innocent and goggle-eyed and looking around like, who could it be? Wow. And what that was for was in case at any point they went, we want to take it that way. Wow. We want to swing it to 
Yeah. And so it would be, you know, and, and of course within us as well, cause we didn't get all the scripts at the same time, you know, I mean, you, you, you got them as, as the show progressed, you know, Bill and I used to, used to uh, laugh often and sort of go at you. You're the mole. <laughs> you. And I would say it was him and he would say it was me. And then we'd say to Tate, it's you. Nah, but then Tate's too bad. And we knew Tate was bad. So it couldn't be Tate. It's you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we definitely play that game. Yeah. Wow. That must make it fun though. Like that must always might keep you like, you know, getting into that character that maybe some takes you're going to play it a bit evil. Some takes you're going to play, oh no, I'm totally innocent sure. this week. But like, that's like sure. it fun. Yeah, it was. Listen, I, I had a ball with it. Like I say, there was, uh, you know, and, and, and John Kassar and I know this full well, you know, I was, I was not un- underused by their stretch. I was underused for myself. There were times where we were like, we should be doing a little more here, you know, but the storyline was sort of going this way about the girls and it wasn't really focusing here. So there were times where, you know, we were like, we want, want to get our teeth sunk in, you know, and then the writers would come up with something because they would hear about it and sort of give us a little bit of something to, to play with. And that was nice because it was, yeah, you could sort of go, well, I could really do this completely different thing here hmm. that can, you know, start twisting everything around. But we got super lucky. The, the presidential storyline is by far the easiest storyline in any of those shows because they build the set or if they're not building these five-star hotel rooms and, and suites and whatnot, because a lot of that was studio-based, then we're filming in the most beautiful buildings in London. Hmm. So, you know, Kiefer and his crew are getting dirty down by, you know, the Thames, freezing hmm. cold. You know, the terrorists are in East London or North London, uh, you know, walking around the streets we're literally going straight into these either five-star hotels or mock five-star hotels that are just beautiful. So you can actually walk around, take a nap on a bed, chill out, you know, <laughs> put your feet up on the president's desk. It was magic. Yeah, and you're hanging out with the leader of the free world, you know? Like, I mean, you get that much into the role. You're thinking like, wow, I bet awesome. you my parents, parents never thought I would end up hanging out with the president of the United <laughs> States, right? Like, here exactly. he is, you know, exactly. Bill, right. my mate. Yeah, yeah. E- exactly, exactly. Which, another aspect too, obviously the real-time format is very well known for 24, and they kind of, they they kept it for Live Another Day, but obviously skipped a- ahead a little bit of time. Yeah, they and, mocked it a little bit, though. They gave it half a season and made it, you know. Little bit, it. little yeah. bit, yeah. But do, do they do they monitor that on set? Like, do you, when they yell action, are they, is there somebody timing it to kind of keep it up to date? I mean, how do they monitor that when you're filming those scenes? Yeah, sure, sure. It's always it's usually your uh, your script supervisor on any film and TV show will always time anyway, just because you know for editorial reasons and for, for whatnot. But yeah, I mean they definitely kept an eye on it because you know if you end up ad libbing a scene that's going on forever, I mean you know you just can't use it. And especially with 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 our version of the show, you know uh, the good catch of Twenty Four is the fact that it takes place over twenty four hours mm-hmm. and it's an hour a, a show. The fact that they were doing, I guess, two hours per show for us. Kind of skewed it a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I I think it took away a little bit of the shine of what the the quote-unquote gimmick is. And that was the only thing for me. I was like, well, it's kind of not really the thing then. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the countdown, beep, beep, that doesn't really matter at this point, does it? Because we're completely and utterly changing the whole rules. You know? <laughs> Just ripping it up. Which I, I know, yeah. for example, on um, some shows like uh, movies like Star Wars, you know, the actors have said that they will make sound effects of lightsabers. I, I know, for example, we've covered a lot of Survivor and a lot of them will joke at Tribal Council. They're making the theme song. Like, do you, at the end of a cut, start to go like, did did just sure. making the noises 100%. just to make fun. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we would all we would all have our joke about it. I used to do a joke uh, where I would get the 24th theme tune wrong. And I would ah. do the, the show in the UK called Countdown. I don't know yep. if you've ever seen it, but it's on light in the afternoon. <laughs> and I would do that. Um, you know, which some some of my UK crew would find hysterical, and the Americans had no idea what it was. Um, uh, but I thought it was vastly funny. Yeah, well, why not? Like, just make it go that way, and then you can get people on, on the Americans get into Countdown. Why not? You know, what? Why, of that's what you're trying to do. You you cross culturing. Well, exactly, and on 24, because each storyline is only shooting a certain amount of days, every everybody has time off. I mean, mm. we would all work maybe three days a week tops. Because, wow. you know, Kiefer would go in and do a day and a half to two days or three days, one week, but some days it would be two. Then we'd do two days, and then the terrorist group would do a day and a half. And then, you know, the next week they would do three days, and we'd do two days, and Kiefer would do three, you know. And so you have a lot of, uh, you had a lot of off time. So why not get into Countdown is my yeah. point. Bloody hell. Like, just, I mean, you and the, you can do what the Brits do. Like, come on. That, that's, that's, what it, yeah. that's what TV and all that's there for. Watch I mean, reruns of the bill. Yes. Watch Naples, Home and Away, and Countdown, you're in. You might discover, like, there, there's the, the, everybody who's involved in the show might be watching the bill. You might find the, the, the next, you know, big thing, the next Chris Hensworth, the next Kylie Minogue. Who knows if they're watching Home and Away and Nate? You never know. Yeah. Could all because of you. And you could get, like, some sort of credit for it, basically, because you made I, them watch it. You, you could only hope, my friend. You could yeah. only hope. <laughs> do you do you have a favourite Ross moment? Now, uh, ultimately, uh, sorry, a, fav- a, a, a favourite moment of you. Sorry, a favourite a Ron moment, I should say. I was getting so into you playing yourself there that I was... Uh, actually, no, I was actually asking about Friends. I randomly went into, you know, I'm thinking David Schwimmer, Band of Brothers. Let's go into Friends. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ultimately, the best moment in season 10 of Friends. Yeah, yeah. That's, we're the random podcast who just will pull out a question out of nowhere. Like, season 10 Friends, best Ross moment. Go. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I could probably give you one, which is yeah. awful. Well, how many times have we watched it in lockdown? I think we've all watched Friends enough times in the last 12 yeah. or so months. Um, a favourite Ron moment. I mean, you got to bring Jack a helicopter and discover the president in a hat. You got to inform the president that his daughter was dead. I'm sure that was fun. Yeah, that was um, a, that, that was, uh, that was probably um, that was just a nice moment between the characters, you know, for for the for the daughter dying. Because again, that was something we didn't know. I've, I, and I'm so sorry. Remind me of the daughter's name. Do you remember? Audrey, played by the amazing Kim Raver, of course. Yeah. Oh, Kim's wonderful. Yeah, wonderful actress, wonderful person as well. Um, but uh, yeah, Audrey, that's right. Uh, it's been a while. We don't we don't hold on. Um, but you know, finding out that she was killed spoiler alert uh was uh you know one of those moments that you were talking about like that that nobody knew that until the script came out you know and once the script came out you're like oh all right series regular shot yep there she goes you come back come back home early i guess yeah 
so uh, so that moment was nice because we were in like that control room. Um, it was just a fun day in a sense because there was a few storylines crossing over. Um, Tate and I had become good buddies, you know, throughout the season as well. So we were always hanging out. Uh, Phil Winchester's a dear pal of mine for years, and he came in and, and played a, a small role, one of the commanders. Um, and so he was in that day. Corey's a, another dear, dear friend of mine. He was in. Um, so it was like, you know, I have good memories of of, of that day in particular, just because we we're all goofing around and, and hanging out together. It must be. Is it a but challenging so, scene when you've got to kind of deliver that? I mean, obviously, Bill, you know, collapses. He's heard that his daughters die. But, like, I mean, does it... As an actor, do you do you relish those moments and you've got a strong emotional scene or does it just make it oh, for difficult? Sure. Or? For sure. And in something like 24, you're sort of crying out for that as well, mm. you know, because it is so much go, 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 quick, quick, quick. You say one thing, it's all reaction. It's all, you know. So when it actually affords uh, affords you to slow down for a second and, and, and tap into something a little more human, <clears throat> of course, it's lovely, you know. It's always fun, yeah. Do you have any, I mean, I wouldn't be a, a podcast host talking about 24 if I didn't ask you if you didn't have any fun Kiefer Sutherland stories. I mean, I don't know how many, um, you know, days you got to work with the guy. There's at least a couple of scenes. But, I mean, do you have any fun stories with him? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he's just like a fun guy, really. I mean, I've got stuff I, I could never broadcast to you. You, know, <laughs> you weren't getting drunk climbing on Christmas trees now, were you? I mean, I know that's a Kiefer yeah. thing to do, but. Uh, there was no Christmas trees involved. I, I will tell you, I'll tell you one story that, that sort of involves me. Can I tell that story? Yeah, why not? Yeah. You and are, it, yeah it go was, on. So it was right at the beginning of shooting. And, um, and you know, there's always stories of people who like to party and whatnot, but Kiefer's a professional, you know, he's, he, he needs to do his job and he's there to do a job. And so whatever he gets up to in his private life is, you know, his call. Cool. All I can say is, you know, he would just show up and be prepared and be on it. And so, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure he was at home in bed at 8 p.m. every night. I mean, <laughs> seriously, like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. So, you know, for me. But right at the beginning, we were all invited out for a cast and crew get-together. Um, and it was at Soho House uh, in in uh, in Knightsbridge here. <clears throat> so the fancy one. And um, and we're there and, and Kiefer came over uh, and it was the first time that we'd met because of the show. We'd met previously in LA uh, years before. Um, and, uh, and he came over to me and he, he, he was very complimentary and very excited that I was there doing the show. And um, he was a big fan of a show that I did and he mentioned it and, you know, really floated me, floated my ego, you know, I was like, oh, this is lovely. I'm getting welcomed in by, by the Prince, you know? Um, and, uh, and I saw him at the at the table and he invites me to the table and I sit down and somebody comes along with a drinks and he's like, hey, I, you know, you're Scottish. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm Scottish. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm Scottish. I'm going to have a drink. You know? <laughs> and, uh, I'll take uh, I'll take an old fashioned I had a little old fashioned that came over and it sat me down. He said, what's this fruity drink you have? And I'm like. <laughs> old fashioned, you know, I feel like I'm Cary Grant at this point. And he's like, oh, cool. and he's got his drink, you know. Anyway, I drink my drink and see that his drink, he's, his drink's gone. So I'll get another one and in my head. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm going to match up. I'm going to match up <laughs> in any story that I've ever heard, you know. And another one, I had a great time. I'm on my third. Now I don't care what anyone else is drinking. I haven't had a hangover like that 
in my entire life. I think for three days I was ruined. And it was all because of my pathetic ego going, yeah, I'm a Scotsman. Yeah, I want to show that I can drink in front of all the boys. And, uh, and Kiefer was probably drinking Coca-Cola all night. And yeah. he went home fine. But there's me giving it the large, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. ruined. I haven't had an old fashioned wow. since. Wow. I mean, why wouldn't you, though? I mean, come on. Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland, right in front of you. Yes. You're taking yes. that opportunity every single moment of the week. I mean, I, I'm Australian. I'm doing the same, you know. Uh, we're, we're drinking, <laughs> guys. We can we can handle this. And, yeah, then, oh. wow. That's um, yeah. that's a fun way. With, with the 24 fan base, joining a show, you know, that obviously a lot of people are very excited that's coming back. 24 has a huge, very passionate fan base. Do, had you ever kind of received... I guess, fan feedback like that before. I mean, obviously you were quite prominent on White Collar, Bands of Brothers, you know, very popular shows out there. But was there a difference to the 24 fan base, a reaction to the show? I'll be honest. Uh, you know, I got a little bit of uh, 24 love, but it didn't really come close to like the, the fan base I have for, for Band of Brothers and White Collar and Green Street and, and those things. Those are Those are the ones that, you know, I would say daily somebody stops to say, you know, to talk about. Uh, 24 definitely had a, a, a great fan base for it. But again, you know, I go back to it. I can, I can try and big it up as much as I can. Ron was there the whole show, but, you know, I answered the phone and handed it over to the president. You know what I mean? But it you was did like, it, it so well, Ross. Like, that's why we're <laughs> talking to you today. Like, it was so be- – I really believed you wanted to answer that phone and hand well, stuff to the president. I was there. Hey, listen, listen, there's nobody else that would have been better at doing what I did. I totally agree with you. Um, and what was lovely was it was me, Tate, and Bill, you know, wherever they were, I was. And it was great. And it was a three, three amigos, you know. But um, I, I think – I guess I guess I'm giving myself a little, you know, disjustice. I think if you are the if if you're the the main antagonist of the show or if you're the protagonist of the show, I think that's where the complete, you know, idolation from the fan base comes from. Sure, people will write to me on social media and, you know, always include me in the 24, you know, WhatsApp group. <laughs> it's very um, big, that 24 WhatsApp group. Yeah, it's, it's massive, great. Massive. Yeah. My phone yeah. constantly binging. <laughs> and um, it goes beep, 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 beep every yeah, time you get a message. Yeah. Yeah. It's it very goes clever. beep, 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 But yeah, I mean, again, I'm always lucky. Every character I play, for some unknown reason, fans are always incredibly sweet to me. So I did get a decent amount of 24 love, of course. Um, but I didn't get the, uh, the comic con. Uh, uh, yet. Yet Ross, it's, come it's on, nine, be man. positive it's after nine. this lockdown. <laughs> season nine, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, people had sort of, uh, it could have been right. worse. You could have been on legacy. Like at least you were kind of on the one, the, the, the reboot that people liked. <laughs> right. That's true. That's you know? true. We got the cool poster for sure. You did. Yeah, you had Kiefer on yours. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, that's why it was hard to go and do twenty. You know, twenty four legacy. That was a ballsy move from the studio. You know. Yeah. Is it really twenty four without without Jack? I mean, you I bring know. back Tony for reasons. Um, you get Jimmy Smith, Miranda. Sure. Um, but I mean, you had Tate Donovan. I mean, come on, that <laughs> Tate doesn't yeah. get any better. 
Exactly. Also, I love the fact that obviously you're a massive uh, Celtic fan and yeah. you take every opportunity, I think, to share that love. And I'm staring right now. You you gave Kiefer a, a jersey. You gave Kim one. You gave Bill. You gave Tate. You gave, you gave everyone a jersey. Are they actually transformed into fans? Like, do you like make sure that they're following the team or is it just a case of you think they've just got that in their cupboard somewhere? And, oh, thanks. Listen, thanks for this, Ryan. In, in my head, they go to sleep every night singing the Celtic song, <laughs> of course. In in reality, uh, and, uh, you know, I have to thank Celtic for that. They're the ones that would that would uh, always, you know, get me get me shirts on, and they still do. You know, if I'm doing a show, it's, it's always nice. It's just like a parting gift I like to give people. Um, I'm sure it's in a closet somewhere. Um, <laughs> you know, I almost got Tate, I think the year... The year we wrapped the show, uh, I actually went to play in a celebrity pro game for Celtic against Man United uh, up at Celtic Park. And it was a dream come true for me. I, you know, that's been a childhood dream of mine, running out pretending I play for Celtic. Um, and um, <clears throat> and Tate was actually going to come wow. and do the game with me. And then, I, you know, we couldn't get him over in time. It was a, it was an international flying thing. You know, they found another bridge to fill that role, right? It was a quota, probably, basically. Probably. It was Katie Holmes took it. Katie yeah. Holmes took it. It yeah. was done. Always, <laughs> always that way. Which, how, how I'm going to ask right now, time recording, how is Celtic doing? I, I haven't really been paying much attention to the Scottish Premier League this year. but This season's been tough on us, mate. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I could, I could talk for hours on it. Uh, I won't bore <laughs> you with it. Um, we won nine championships in a row, uh, which was... Uh, it's only been done twice before. It was done once by Celtic and once by Rangers, who are mm-hmm. our, our bitter rivals. Yeah, screw Rangers. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so, uh, and so, we're on nine in a row this year, which meant if we won next year, we would have got this coveted ten in a row, which is just unheard of. But the truth is, and I don't want to, you know, piss off anyone from any fracture. Nobody gives a shit about it apart from Celtic and Rangers fans. Right? <laughs> Nobody else could care less. And so we uh, had this big thing in our head and we were going to do it, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And uh, like all great things, they sometimes stop and have to recharge. And this was the year the wheels came off for us. Um, we couldn't win a game. We tied too many games. We are so far behind our, our bit rivals. Um, so it looks like they might get their first bit of silverware in, in, in the nine years. I was say, didn't they go um, bankrupt and get relegated for a long time there or something did. happened with they them? Did. Yeah. Yeah. They got put down and listen, in fairness to them, they, they, they hustled and they got back. I mean, incredibly quick, you know, they, they got put down like three, three tiers, like three, wow. three leagues. Jeez. And so you would imagine your squad would be decimated. You'd imagine finances would run dry and you wouldn't be able to pay anybody. Um, but they sort of somehow stuck the team together. They all swallowed their own ego and they each year got top of each league and came back up. Uh, and it took them a couple of years to get fighting fit. And this year they've been, they've been on fire. They've played very, very well. We've played shockingly badly, um, which doesn't help. So, well, you know, well, thanks for asking. No, thanks you're welcome. You're welcome. That absolutely, yeah. uh, glad to. I, I my my grandmother's from Airdrie, and I know that uh, her team was the Airdrieonians. I don't know how they're Huge. going. They're in like level five, aren't they, or something like that? Or Huge club. I I have their shirt with uh, Jack Bauer's name on the. I on thought the you back would. Yeah, hanging in the closet. 
Yep. Heard, heard that. That's why. That's why I. But I had to funnily bring... enough, that that shirt that I gave Kiefer wasn't about press at all. I mean, that that was just genuinely. Uh, I I know he likes sports, and he was, you know, he, he likes uh, certain kits. And Celtic were releasing their new kit, and uh, they were sending me one. You know, they said, "Hey, we're going to send you the new, the new kit." And I said, "Well, you should do me a favor and send a few." And they did. Um, and that picture was just taken outside of the makeup trailer by I think the makeup artist. Um, and at that point, Twitter was sort of big ish. Instagram was still relatively new and stuff. Um, and it got put on Twitter just as a, Hey, new shirt, new season. And it just blew up. Wow. It just, you know, it ended up in all the press over here. And so pissed off the other half of Glasgow, but one half was very happy <laughs> that Jack Tower was supposedly a selling. <laughs> All of a sudden, the ratings for 24 just kind of in Scotland kind of went weirdly down Somebody in one part. Made that joke. <laughs> Somebody made that joke. They said, well, there's half the ratings in Glasgow, gone. Yeah, yeah. Just like, what, what happened? What happened here? Oh, right. Yeah, there's Kiefer in a silk shirt. Uh, there you go. Thanks. Thanks for that, Ross. <laughs> how do you, speaking of Twitter and Instagram, how do you, how do you find it? Uh, I mean, you know, is that where sort of where you get a lot of interaction and with the fans, you know, sort of people reaching out to you and things like that. I mean, do you like to have fun yeah. on social media? It's love, hate. You know, it's a, it's a, a, yes, it's a brilliant place for fans to reach out and comment on your pictures or, you know, um, I mean, a, a lot of people can send direct messages now and obviously, unfortunately, you don't really look at them because, you know, you'll, you'll be there all day. And Thanks for looking um, at mine, by the way, Ross. Really appreciate yeah. that. Yep. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. There we go. If we don't follow each other, my man, I ain't yep. finding it. Yeah, it's it's in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's 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 great in many ways, and then in other ways, it's just you know gone are the days where you used to have to I don't know charm somebody to get a phone number. Now you can just write a message to anybody, which you know again is 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 sweet, but it's also a little decaying. I feel and. I guess my hate relationship is when I spend time on it. Mm. Yes. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a time vacuum. I, I definitely time. feel there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, if you want to plug yourself so people can uh, do that, by all means, tell people where they can follow. Or if you just want to pretend you don't have it, I'll just, you know, edit this out later and post, I guess. So. Look me up. I'm sure it's there. It's awesome. <laughs> McCall. But it's, it's for me, you know, Twitter, I, I literally follow hardly anyone. I mean, I follow Celtic. I, I follow some of the players. I've got a few writer friends of mine I follow, a few director friends that I follow, and really that's it. Instagram, I went through a big, big cutout recently. I just, you know, was like, I either haven't spoke to this person in a long time or do I really, I don't know this person. We should. <laughs> um, so I, I did that whole thing. But, you know, uh, again, it's, it's, it's ego-driven. All, all social media is ego driven. You you know you want people to read what your thoughts are and um, you know see if you can get thousands of likes and you know sometimes Which you often that do because you're Ross I, McCall. I do. I do. Yeah. I mean, I'm very lucky. People somehow like some goofy pictures of me on you know wearing a fucking suit and <laughs> me and my dog. You know. I don't know. Speaking of the suit, did you get to keep the suit after 24? Like, did you, all those nicely pressed suits? Did you get to keep them? Do you want a story? Do you have time? I always have time. Give me a story. Here's a brilliant story for you. So most TV shows that you do, um, the wardrobe department usually give you the costume. You know, if it's a suit or, I mean, I've got beautiful, beautiful jackets in my closet. 
either I've never worn again or, you know, they're just, I mean, because they're fitted to you, you use them for a certain period of time to sell them. You're not going to, you know, they're secondhand at that point. So I went to the, the customer on 24 and I, I said, Hey, I know we've got three of these, you know, any chance of just one ending <laughs> up in my trailer, you know? And she said, God, I wish she said, I don't know what's going on right now, but the network have gotten extremely weird. Um, and they don't let, they're not letting anybody take their costume. Wow. And I said, okay, all right, well, what are they doing with it? They're putting it all in storage at Fox in LA and, uh, and they will use it or they'll raffle it for charity or whatever. And I said, that's a great idea. Fantastic. Great. Cut to a few months later, somebody sends me an email, uh, someone from the crew, I think. And they said, have you seen this? And I click on the link and it's on eBay and there's a, a suit on a mannequin <laughs> and then a picture next to it of me in the suit. <laughs> and it says Ross McCall's suit as Ron Clark from 24. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I'm looking at it and then I start looking up other ones and I see Kiefer's jacket is up for sale. Tate's suit is up for sale. Bill's suit is up for sale. All from these things. So I'm keeping my eye on the bids. And the only one that's really making some serious wedge is Kiefer's uh, uh, bell staff jacket. Of course. And something like 700 pounds. Wow. You know, so a good, you know, but it's not thousands, but, you know, somebody's spending some money on Jack Bauer's coat. I get it. Me, Tate, and Bill, our suits are all around about 80 to 100 pounds. Right? <laughs> so I'm like, I'll buy my suit for 100 pounds. <laughs> I'll just get my suit for 100 pounds. <laughs> so, so I bid. And I, it gets to like 101 pounds, I've, I've, 101 pounds. And at that point, I'm doing this movie where I'm starring in it, but they've also given me a, a vanity producer credit. So I'm involved in the casting and, and, and whatnot. And so I have auditions that day. It's me and the director and another producer, and we're auditioning actors coming in for this romantic comedy I'm doing. Um, and so I look at my phone and I go, okay, 101 bids. Uh, it's closing in 40 minutes. I'm like... Nobody's bid on it in 17 hours. I'm fine. <laughs> I finished the round of auditions. I go and I look at it. Sorry, you're outbid. And I was outbid by a dollar. Oh. I'm like, I'm kind of <laughs> unbelievable. So me, in my, I have slight OCD, and I, I don't use that as 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 any form of comedy because I understand people have severe OD and it's, uh, OCD, and it's, it's tough. I have a little bit of fixation, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm fixated on this suit now, and I'm like, I've got to get to the bottom of this suit. So I write to eBay and I go, look, <laughs> you might know who I am. You might not know who I am. Here's a deal. Here's this thing with my suit, blah, blah, blah. Do you think, uh, and so I send that and they write back and they're like, yeah, of course. Hi, nice to meet you. What can we do? And I said, is there any way you could get in touch with the person that was selling this? And I've got like a, a, a posters, that are signed, you know, of movies of 24. I've got a beautiful signed poster of 24. I've got, you know, all these things. I would happily, I probably wouldn't have given them that, but I'll happily give them something, you know, if it's, if they're a fan of me, if the reason that they've bought this suit is because of, you know, I said, I'll happily give them some merchandise in exchange for, for the suit and I'll buy the suit from them. Um, they said, that's a lovely idea. Well, we, we don't usually do this eBay. They said, but we'll go, we'll, we'll, we'll ask them. Came back, no. <laughs> <laughs> and was, was that it? it? No explanation. 
No nothing. Wow. Jeez. And so some guy or girl (laughs) has my suit on a mannequin or they're wearing it and they're having a great time with that photo. Wow. But I was, uh, yeah, it sort of made me laugh because I was like, wow, that's really, uh, that's a network for you. Yeah, which is just if you ever all of a sudden start putting up props from other shows and you realize and look at the username, maybe they just maybe there's this massive Ross McCall fan out there that just is trying to, you know, they've got mannequins of your face on them and suits and everything. Again, if that's true, God bless them. Good for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ross, before I let you go, two quick questions for you. I, I'm actually looking yeah. at your Instagram here, and one picture I am actually slightly excited for that you've posted a picture with the one, the only Ulrich Thompson. Now, we're, we're big Bond fans. We, we actually have a spin off show all about James Bond. He played Davidov in The World Is Not Enough. Um, I, I just, I, I don't know why I'm even asking this question. I'm just staring at you with Davidov. Well, um, any well, chance of getting in the Bond all, world, knowing him? Well, well. Okay, first of all, Ulrich is going to be so, so happy that he was brought up in this conversation. I'm glad. I could have talked more about Kiefer. I could have brought up David Schumer, Spielberg, but I brought up Ulrich Thompson. Well, and the thing that I'll make fun of is I think Ulrich Thompson's picture on my Instagram is the only one that doesn't have many likes. (laughs) Well, right now I'm going to change that right now. 948 likes now, Ross. Everybody should change that. Yeah. Um, no, Ulrich and I, uh, he's one of my dearest, dearest, dearest friends. Um, he, I first met him in Los Angeles. He was uh, doing his directorial debut called In Embryo that he wrote. And he cast me as the lead in. And we went to war and made this beautiful film called In Embryo. I think you can, I don't know where you would find it. I mean, some of the, I guess iTunes would be the place now. I don't even think it, I don't even think they streamed it in so, but it's a stunning film. It's a really interesting, interesting film. And he's also in it. He's also in the movie with Great. Uh, myself, him and a wonderful actress called Kristen Hager. Um, and, uh, and so we met on that and, and with that movie, we sort of toured a lot of the world. We went to Shanghai film festival. We were up for, I was up for best actor. He was up for best director. We we're up for best film. Um, so it's a, a very prominent, film festival in the world. We went to Copenhagen with it. We went to all over the place. Um, and then subsequently, just our friendship has been such that whenever something comes up for either one of us, he called me last year, uh, the year before last, 2019, I was in Rome making a film and he called me and he said, I'm doing this film with a Dutch filmmaker, uh, uh, a Dutch filmmaker? No, a Danish filmmaker, sorry. Um, and uh, we're shooting it in um, in Hungary, in Budapest. Would you come and play this role? Blah, blah, blah. And of course, you know, uh, I know it's with him. And so I know I'm in good hands. So we went and we shot this movie together in, in Hungary. And then I made my directorial debut at the end of last year. Um, and I returned the, the gesture in the sense of I begged him to come and play a role in my right. film. And so he came and he plays... Um, he plays basically the warden of a prison. Um, right. He's wonderful. And we're just about to uh, head off and do a TV show, a Danish TV show together in, next month. Fantastic. So Ulrich and I seem to work together a lot. Um, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's absolutely family to me. And yes, he was in Bond. He was and Davidoff, so the great henchman yeah. who got up, even randomly got a poster 
uh, which we 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 like to make fun of, but it was we. I am I'm seriously a massive Davidoff fan. The World Is Not Enough is my favorite Bond movie. So please tell him that Davidoff has fans. Twenty two years later, like he still has fans in the Bond universe out there. He, he will love that because we have such an egocentric relationship. He and I, where we both like to rub it into the other one when one of us is recognized. So if a, if a fan comes up to me and says something, you know, I'll look in his eye and he'll be like. <laughs> Why don't they know Blacklist? I'm like, I don't know, but they don't watch it, you know. Well, I was in Banshee. Yeah, yeah, obviously not fan of Banshee, my friend, you know. And then vice versa, you know, he'll turn around and be like, ah, recognize me from the celebration, you know. <laughs> so, I was in the bill. Why are they recognizing me? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so you know, he he gets irritated when I get the love, and of course, he loves to he loves to you know fluffy's feathers when he gets in love which we'll tell you what you you get him to come on our james bond show and i'll speak to him for an hour about you so um sounds great that that that's, that's an easy fix yeah and easily. then of course the, the other thing is is uh you know i don't mind being public about it my uh my dream ambition is the 007 moniker there you go so, well it's up for it's up for grabs right now it could be yours daniel's leaving so I think I think I need. I mean, what you need in today's society, because when you had, you know, peers and those guys, you you just needed one TV show and mm. you know very smouldering looks. And now I think you can have a little bit of edge, but you sort of need a big hit under you. So I need one hit. If I get well, one big big hit, that will give them a push. Again, I keep bringing it up, but the bill—that was your big hit. Like that, that's all they need. They just need to to I'll look at that. Them pay up the bill. Ross, I've got one final question. This actually comes from my wife and. I'm very weirdly going to ask this, and I, I feel like I'm about to get divorced, but um, we, we've been watching White Collar recently. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed you in White Collar. Great, great, uh, great role on that show. But she's a little bit enamored by Matt, a little mm-hmm. bit too much sometimes. And she, she, when she found out I was interviewing you today, she got a bit excited because she's like, he knows Matt Bomer. Like, you're like, get so, him so to- Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you got excited about Ulrich. She gets excited about Matt. Yeah, no one's excited for you. This is this is just all a ruse to get you on the show, right? Like, this is the only right. reason. Yeah, just, just the cat's out of the bag. Sorry, that yeah, we've had a great time until all, now. First of all, who is not enamored with you? Yes, people? I mean, the guy I mean, is, wow. But uh, she's a little bit too, she, she wanted me to ask you if you could text him her number because she thinks she can turn him straight and then then she will leave me for him so again i'm weirdly asking you i don't know why i'm doing this because at the end of the day i'm going to be single probably in a month but uh hey the, the you know just if you want to listen if her heart is elsewhere you're better off alone my friend yeah That's <laughs> um, and so do you know what on that no i'm not gonna text her number thank you She's thank back. you there you go look at that my good friend ross is helping me out staying in my, my marriage i appreciate that there you go you've got each other's backs i'll even start supporting go. celtic for you right now how does that sound good man. Awesome. Good. Ross, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today about everything to do with 24 and everything else in between. And uh, I highly recommend people right now go rewatch 24 Live Another Day and The Bill because people need to go watch that more. Listen, if you watch The Bill, if you keep your eyes open, it's one of those shows that rehires. I think I played three different roles <laughs> in that show over the span of five years. You've got characters. options. <laughs> Listen, that just shows talent. Three different characters and you didn't know. 
And a massive, massive thanks to Ross there. A lot of fun. And uh, definitely go follow his social media and go like that picture of him and Auric Thompson because... Let's be honest, that's what you want to do after listening to that interview. But uh, in all seriousness, great time there with Ross and we thoroughly enjoyed his time and we thank him and his management for making that interview possible. We've got so much to come when it comes to 24. As I said, we have got coverage. We're going over every single episode in the show's history. It's going to be a multi-year project, but Colin and I are set to bring you that ticking clock and go over everything to do with such an amazing show. And with that, we have more interviews coming. We've got some very exciting guests to come to talk about their time on 24, and we're going to bring them to you in the coming weeks in the lead-up to us bringing you our coverage on 24 and we're so excited. I can't fathom how excited I am right now. I can fathom because I am excited. That's what I'm saying right now. I can't fathom how excited you're going to be when you're going to hear all of our coverage of it. So stay tuned for that. Outside of 24, of course, we also are going to be starting our coverage of Breaking Bad around about the same time. So stay tuned for that. And we'll have some interviews from the cast. Some of the cast of Breaking Bad coming your way as well. And Lost. We haven't forgotten about Lost. You think we've forgotten about Lost, but we haven't forgotten about Lost. Noah and I will be restarting our Lost coverage very, very soon. And when I say restarting, we're not going all the way back to season one. We're picking up from where we're up to, which is the beginning of season five. So we will be going over each of the episodes from season five onwards. Stay tuned for that outside of these ones of course you've got movie episodes every thursday you can get our latest movie recap whatever it may be that week so stay tuned for that as well as reviews and other interviews when they come your way plenty to keep you excited here on the oz network now that we're more than a thousand episodes old we're getting old apparently so we bring these episodes i don't know where i'm going with that thanks to ross again and thanks everyone for tuning in my name is ben this is the oz network and we'll speak to you next time good night thanks for downloading this episode of the oz network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google Podcasts, or by copying our rss feed into your preferred podcast provider and while you're there please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback you can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.